All right. So, uh, are we good here? Get right into it. How right? do we sound? We might as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, we can tell we run a first class operation. Mr. Trump is adjusting his own microphones here, and <laughs> first class operation. We know that's what We're you guys are on used the cameras. To. Uh, all right, so here we are. This is episode three of the Full Send podcast. Uh, this is like an emergency podcast, too, because uh, we got some episodes banked up, but you guys know there's a lot of crazy shit going on in the world right now. Bob's kind of redeeming himself. He's almost getting fired from this podcast, if you guys don't know. That's pretty fast after three episodes. I mean, it's normally how it goes, Don. It's impressive. It's impressive. What did you start dating someone? That's about as long as it lasts. <laughs> that, guys, awesome. Here we go. Once again. Once again, just getting bashed. But he's, he's kind of redeeming himself now because he put together a pretty crazy two guests here we got don jr and we got robert o'neill bob what do you, you want to introduce i mean to well first of all i think that, that shows that to get you guys in the same room this fast obviously shows that there's some shit going on in the world that needs to be talked about yeah. and you guys are obviously pretty vocal not only on, on social media both of you guys are pretty vocal but uh yeah there's a lot of shit going on i mean first of all for anybody that doesn't know uh don jr obviously we know who don jr is robert o'neill uh, is the man who uh, spent a uh, tons of time in Afghanistan. Yeah, most of my adult life um, was at war. I, I joined the Navy in, uh, as a Navy SEAL in 1996, and I didn't get out until 2012. And that's a lot of time and a lot of missions in there. You know, During that time, we did the rescue of the lone survivor. We rescued Captain Phillips, which wasn't in Afghanistan. A bunch of tours in Iraq, and then uh, I was on the team that killed Bin Laden. I actually killed him. That's one, one thing I didn't know was the Captain Phillips. That, yeah, that was a, yeah, that, that was, that was, I mean, that was insane. one thing just to show of what we can do uh, as a country. Because I, I was, I wasn't at war. I was at my daughter's Easter tea party at her preschool on my birthday, Good Friday, April 10th. <clears throat> and uh, we're getting ready for the long weekend. We got a call that's Captain Phillips. And <clears throat> we had, um, I think, 100 Navy SEALs in the Indian Ocean less than 16 hours later. And then we got them on uh, Easter Sunday because it turns out our snipers will do that. They will kill you at night on Easter Sunday. Wow. Pretty dope. <laughs> and the mission that you're most known for is obviously uh, the one where we invaded Pakistan, surprised the middle of the night, and killed Osama bin Laden. Yes. Yeah. So I want to touch on that real briefly because I don't think their audience really knows the whole full story. You've told the story millions of times. Take us through that day, um, the second you get the call that the most wanted man on planet Earth, you guys are well, going to they, take them out. Th that first, they didn't tell us what was happening. They recalled us. I was in Florida, and they recalled us because we just finished a deployment to Afghanistan, so we didn't know what it was. <clears throat> and by recall, I mean we went back to Virginia Beach. That's where our home base was. And they started out with, we found a thing, and this thing is in a house. This house is in a bowl in a, in a country, in these mountains, and you guys are going to go get this thing, you're going to bring it to us and show it to us. And we're like, all right, what, what is the thing? Can't tell you. Okay. What country? Can't tell you. How are we getting there? Can't tell you. How much air support? None. Okay. That's an answer. Sounds like a great start. Yeah. It did. <laughs> well, and it got funnier because they, we, when we worked, you know, army pilots, air force pararescuemen who were the, basically the surgeons on the ground, but they're special operators too, air force uh, combat controllers, which control the radios. And then we have seal operators and they said, it's only going to be seals because we're saving weight. So if you knew how to carry medical stuff, you're our new doc. If you knew how to use a radio, you're a radio guy. And um, so we're getting our gear ready. And we're like, what could this be? And we thought it was uh, the Arab Spring had just started in northern Africa. So we assumed they found Gaddafi and we're going to go get him. And, you know, not kill him, just get him, bring him back. So we're coming up with this plan. Everyone's fixing their gear to whatever they're going to carry. And uh, then they said, go home and be with your kids for another, you know, 
day and a half and they come back we're going to drive you somewhere and tell you what's going on and and we said who's going to be there and they started going down the list of whatever uh you know the vice president might be the secretary of defense secretary of the navy all this stuff and then one thing they said was ctc pad which is cia counterterror pakistan afghanistan and no one said anything we went home and i was thinking to myself if we're going to Libya, why would they be there? So then we came back, we got, got in vans. And I'm getting to a funny story, I promise. We're driving the vans down to North Carolina. And I, I had four guys here. And I said to the guy next to me, who's my boss? I said, uh, this isn't Gaddafi. They, they found bin Laden. And he looked at me and just said, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And that's when the guy in the front seat said, man, if we kill Osama bin Laden, O'Neill, I'll suck your dick. <laughs> so three weeks to the day. Yeah, no. <laughs> I did ask him about it's it. It's been like 10 <laughs> yeah, years. No, <laughs> not yet. He's, he, you know. <clears throat> but yeah, that was, anyway, but then we got serious. They did, we, they said, this is as close as we've ever been to Osama bin Laden. Then we were serious. No high-fiving, none of that. Just, can we go now? And we met wow. the teams that, uh, the girl that found him and all that stuff. Trained for a few days and then went to Afghanistan and waited for the green light, which we got. And then we launched. And um, we had come up with the perfect plan, rehearsed the perfect plan, 90-minute flight that we should die on, um, how we're going to take the house down. We've done this hundreds of times, so it shouldn't be a big deal. What's the worst thing that could happen, though? Someone said helicopter could crash in the front yard, so that happened. Uh, so we started off with a helicopter in the front yard. The, the pilot did it to save everyone. So he, you, had, you had two helicopters. How many guys flew in in that mission? Uh, 23. 23 guys, so split evenly on each helicopter? Yeah. And then Cairo, the dog, was there too. And Cairo, the dog. Mm -hmm. and, and so the, our plan, we were going to put guys down right in front of bin Laden's house, fast rope, everybody out. My team was going to drop snipers and a dog outside, and then my team's going to the roof, and then we're going to get them that way. And that didn't happen. We, I mean, we were going to die as soon as the house blows up when we got on top. We were actually calling ourselves the Martyrs Brigade. Like, this is it. But the reason that we were so going. So you guys thought you were going to die? We knew we were going to die. Shot down on the way in. Immediate fight when we get there. Houseborn IED. We're going to run out of fuel and then um, end our short lives in a Pakistani prison or shoot it out with the pack mill until we're all dead. Because it's not like you could have gotten. You didn't no. get air clearance, there's right? Nowhere, you weren't going to give anyone no, a hint because. There's nowhere, there's nowhere to go. You got nothing. Yeah. But we accepted it because. And we talked about this. I had a guy ask me. Um, I'm going, I just need to say it out loud. If we know we're going to die, why are we going? Which is fair. And we said, we're not going after bin Laden for the fame or for the money. We're going after Osama bin Laden for the single mom who dropped her kids off at elementary school on a Tuesday. And then 45 minutes later, she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper because that's a better alternative than whatever in the hell is going on inside at 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit. And her last gesture of human decency was to hold her skirt down and she killed herself. She was never supposed to be in the fight. We're supposed to be in the fight. That's where we're going. When you guys wow. got there, when you guys arrived there, though, did you know he was in the building? I was 100% sure he was in the building because of the woman that found him. She was certain. We get done with those training days, long days of training on the site, long hours at night talking over a, a model. And right before, you know, we get a couple hours of sleep, she would say, all right, guys, great day of training. Osama bin Laden is in the third floor of this building right now. I don't know why we're not going. Good night. She, you know, certain, but yeah. But then, you know, we, that we, we were to the point where we weren't, there was no fear involved with this mission because we're, we accept death. This is what we came to do. Um, and then you get in there, everything's wrong. I didn't know the helicopter crashed until I got inside the building and someone told me the helicopter crashed. And I said, what helicopter crashed? And he said, our helicopter crashed in the front yard. Like he walked right past it. And I'm like, well, I was looking this way or something because there's been Laden's house. And then as we're doing that, the tail of the helicopter was over the fence and the sniper with the dog, they were doing a loop to make sure no one escaped. And he came over the radio and said, 
hey, guys inside, be on alert. They're definitely ready for us because they have a training mock-up of our super-secret helicopter in the front yard. And the boss came over and said, no, jackass, that's ours because we crashed. <laughs> and he said, yeah, that makes a lot more sense than the shit I was just saying, doesn't it? <laughs> Weird stuff happens in dark moments. But, <clears throat> yeah, we did that. Got in there, and then we uh, we went up the stairs. The woman told us Khalid bin Laden, who was his son, would be on this set of stairs, which he was. The point man killed him. We walked around him. We're down to two guys now going up the last set of stairs, uh, looking up a curtain. And um, so there was some movement behind it. I was the number two man. The point man's in front of me. And um, he was telling me, now we got to go because he could see movement. He, he's thinking those are the suicide bombers, but we can beat them if we go now. We have to go now because they're getting ready. And uh, I had no one behind me. I was like, well, I guess this is it. And I wasn't being brave. It was more of a, I'm going to blow up now and I'm tired of thinking about it. Let's just get it over with. And I squeezed him. We went up and he went through this curtain, tackled these people. And because he went here, I have to cover his back. I went this way. There's Osama bin Laden, uh, three feet away, standing on two feet. Did and, you see him like clearly? Yeah. yeah. I recognized his nose, his beard, how tall he was, how skinny he was, uh, everything about him. And he's, he's not surrendering. He's a threat. So I got to take him down. And if you're dealing with a suicide bomber, which he should have been, you shoot him in the face. And I shot him in the face twice and then once more on the ground. And then that's it. And then, you know, we're moving his wife to the bed. I, his two-year-old son was there. And for me, it was a father. It was like, this kid has nothing to do with this. You know, it's just humanity. Then I'm standing there. I can hear Osama bin Laden taking his last breaths. And, uh, I'm sort of stunned, and a buddy came up, because there's more Navy SEALs in the room now. His buddies, my buddy came up and said, are you okay? And I said, no, what do we do now? And he smiled and said, now we find the computers. Like, we do this every night. Hundreds of times you've done this. And I said, yeah, you're right, I'm back. Holy shit. And he said, yeah, you just killed Osama bin Laden. Your life just changed. Get to work. Wow. So getting it. computers is gathering all the intel. Anything the you can find. Yeah, anything anything electronic, C um, CDs, and uh, we found heroin. You know, you can only fit so much of that in your cargo pocket. Right. The joking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> seriously. Um, but yeah, any, anything that might have a list of names, pictures, anything. And we there was so much stuff there. It would have been nice to have Pakistan actually be an ally because we should have stayed in that house for at least a week gathering all that. Because he was running the whole show from there. We got as much as we could, though, and we left. Another helicopter came in and flew us out, and then we had 90 minutes to survive getting shot down. Boys, this episode is sponsored by Shopify. Shopify is an all-in-one e-commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. If you guys are inspired to start a new business venture this year, Shopify is the only tool you will need to start, run, and grow your in-person or e-commerce business without the struggle. Shopify makes it so easy to control every sales channel. So whether you're offering custom graphic t-shirts from Shopify's in-person POS system or selling fitness gear on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are in good hands. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify is the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn your audience from browsers to buyers. By now, it's obviously clear. You boys know that I love Shopify. We've used Shopify's e-commerce platform from the very beginning to offer full send and happy to gear hosted on fullsend.com. My favorite thing about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is really a global force powering millions of entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is a possibility powered by Shopify. So boys, I got you guys on a deal. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash full send, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash full send, $1 a month, and take your business to the next level today. 
And where was the safe haven where you guys were going, where it would be safe? Afghanistan, believe it or not. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That was actually weird that because uh, we're, we're flying back and we have 90 minutes and worrying about something that is not, your worry is not going to affect your waste and your energy. So worrying about a missile is not going to stop it. So just chill, right? So we're start, we started our watches and we're counting it down. 90 minutes we got to get. And um, you're looking at your friends. I got the sniper from rescuing Captain Phillips sitting next to me. He actually gave me a Copenhagen looking at my guys, and then, uh, you know, shit, it's been 10 minutes. It's been 20, it's been 30 minutes. Now it's about 40 minutes. It's been 50 minutes. We got to get to 90 minutes, and you start thinking about watching a no-hitter. Like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Motherfucker's pitching a no-hitter. 60 minutes, 70 minutes, 80 minutes. Then, like, the sports analogies with uh, Lake Placid when the American hockey team beat the Russians. You can hear them counting down if you look it up on YouTube, like 10, 9, 8. <clears throat> and then the pilot came over the radio and said, uh, for the first time in your life, gentlemen, you're going to be happy to hear this. Welcome to Afghanistan. And that's the end of the mission. And then we showed them. and Which would no longer be the crazy. case today. No, it wouldn't be safe. Ava. I'd rather stay in Pakistan. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons. Yeah, we wanted to bring you on. We're starting this new show and stuff. Um, I think it's crazy that we got you guys on to, you know, experts. And like, I think just the question is like, what the fuck is going on in Afghanistan right now? Done. Well, I'm not an expert. I just I'm pretty good at talking shit and calling out the nonsense that's out there. You know what I mean? And you, you see so much of it these days. I oh, mean, yeah. and, you know, from what I've got to experience over the last five years, which is like you know, anything my father does is wrong. Anything I do is wrong. You know, you do the Hunter Biden sort of Don Jr. analogy. I'm like, this guy's like a legitimate, just total piece of shit. And, and, and it's like, no problem. He can do whatever he wants. He's he's the, he's a private guy. It's like, well, so am I. I wasn't in government. I wasn't one of the. So it's just. You know, between the media sort of functioning as a cheerleader for the other side and going to such great lengths to simply protect Joe Biden and the Democrats. I mean, you know, this guy is like mashed potatoes for brains. You see right. that, you know, he, he comes out, he, he's on vacation while the world's burning. Imagine, you know, imagine Donald Trump as Afghanistan fell. By the way, as Afghanistan fell while they pulled out our troops, but left between 10 and 40. And they don't even know. Thousand Americans in Afghanistan, now Taliban control. I, like, I can watch the meltdown. It'd actually be nice because, like, they'd have such big aneurysms that there'd be none of this, like, ridiculous media left. Like, they, they would explode uh, in their outrage. Joe Biden's on vacation. Like, I'm surprised he didn't do his speech from an ice cream shop the other day because it seems all he's capable of. So, you know, it's hard to believe that it doesn't exist, that someone's willing to call out the bullshit when it exists. And why so, do you, why for do you me, think like, that I, is? I, they created a niche. Why do you think that is? I asked Dana when we did Dana, like, why is the media so against the right? Like, is it about money? Is it like... You know, I, Why I think are they're they just, so against it? They're active. You see it in school, right? It, it's they're activists. If you're going into journalism, that's mm -hmm. your mindset. And then you're in your bubble. If you go against yeah. the bubble, you get eaten alive. It's, and listen, it's no different probably than like yeah. the woke military. And we have to I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Rob, because like and we do have to make the distinction between guys like this, the door kickers that are actually kicking ass. And like the generals that are saying, That's, yes. I really want to learn about white rage. It's like, give me a fucking break. You no, know, the, like, the difference too, having, having, having shooters on the ground fighting the enemy, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, Taliban, <clears throat> seeing the difference between them and then like, show me a four-star general and I'll show you 14 people kissing his ass all around him. And just telling him exactly what he wants to hear so they can have his job eventually. Well, and he wants to get a board seat at, you know, woke oh, yes, corporate America. Yep, yep. And so they want to keep us in these wars indefinitely because like, hey, listen. They're not making a lot of money now, and that's their retirement plan. But, like, yeah. they're also costing the American taxpayer trillions. They're costing guys like Rob their lives and limbs. 
you know, so we can stay in a war to get a board seat at Raytheon in a that's couple exactly, of years. That's what they're doing. That's it's exactly like, what they're doing. So someone has to call it out. And like, to your point, like, dude, like, I was never, I was always conservative, but I was never political. But the fact that there's such a vacuum of, you know, people that are just not willing to speak up that I have sort of created a name for myself within politics just to be like, hey, uh, has anyone called bullshit on this yet? Like, mm. how insane is that? That's I what mean, I mean. Like, what, like, what is the reason? Like, why, what motivation does Twitter have to, like, remove the president? I think it's got to be personal power somewhere. Like, is it because, about I mean, money I, I, somewhere? There, there are people, a lot of people on television and politics that are blatantly lying. And it's got to be for kickbacks. It has to be. I can't figure it out. I don't know why. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to say someone specifically hates their country. They got to be getting money on the back yeah. end. Someone is. Because well, Twitter will say. virtue signaling. There's like a reward system, right? Yeah. If you're a liberal and you come out and you attack the conservatives, like, hey, like, it's the Colin Kaepernick shit, right? Like, you get a sneaker deal or Megan Rapinoe. You hate your country. Great. We're going to put you on the, that. You're the face of Subway Sandwich now. Like, it's, it's become cool to be woke and there's a way to monetize it rather than talking common sense. Now, if you come out as a conservative, everyone out there is attacking you. So there's no upside. So I honestly, I know there are people that are out there sort of selling some of this crap. They don't believe it because I know them. But it's like, well, you know, it's it's the path to making a couple of bucks. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not I'm not willing to risk taking the hits. That's the difference with me. I was like, eh, screw so it. Like like an, I'll, I'll take the hits. It's so like, an anchor on like CNN is just going to fall the narrative just because they don't want to lose their jobs. Like what you're saying, like everyone's well, I think doing that, but it. But they got to... there through years of indoctrination. Yeah. And you see it in our school systems. I mean, there's, you see it in you know, some of these like sort of, you know, liberals of TikTok videos where it's like they're doing whatever they can to push some of the crazy aspects of the left. And I'm not even talking about like, you know, the difference between, you know, conservative and liberals. I mean, like some pretty bad shit stuff. And it's like, they're proud that they're indoctrinating kids to make sure that they never see another side. And if you see another side or bring it up, you know, it's over. Um, and so, you know, they've just sort of taken over and grabbed the hold of all of these sort of cultural institutions. I mean, I think conservative values are generally like, hey, live and let live, uh, you know, turn the other cheek. You know, that's been great, but like, look what it's gotten us. I mean, we've seated every cultural institution, even sports. I mean, you know, woke sports is a thing. And now I know a lot of players, uh, you know, whether it's MLB, NFL, NHL, like all, probably not as much NBA, but like you know, they are out and they can't even imagine like what's going on. They're like, I, I can't believe I got to go to work and push this bullshit. And yet it's jammed down their throat and they know there is a very real consequence. I'm sure you've had this conversation, That's Bob. That's a good but, point. Like, That's 100%. a good point. Yeah. Quick question. Back to, <clears throat> excuse me, Afghanistan. Yes. Mm -hmm. So obviously we're launching this episode tonight, right? Yeah, because obviously it's pretty significant what's going on. Rob, you've been there. Take us through, first of all, two things. What happened in Afghanistan, for those who don't know, and what is going on right now currently as we speak? Um, just <clears throat> the, people make mistakes all the time. And a lot of successes are, are because of mistakes you made. You're learning from them. Uh, the, you know, you can money morning quarterback anything. I personally think we should have pulled out mostly out of Afghanistan around 2004, 2005, because we kind of had it won. We hadn't heard of an improvised explosive device, roadside bombs yet. But bad decisions are made. Um, they wanted to surge. They like people. Their guys on the ground like me were saying, we live in a house in Jalalabad, Afghanistan. We know our neighbors. We give the kids candy. We get kebabs at the stand in the middle of town, which is unheard of, especially today. Um, we, we don't need a bunch of scared young Americans driving around up armored hum vehicles, running people over um, just because they're here. Regardless of your intention, you, you, you'll be seen as an occupier. So that's the first mistake. We do need to keep a base, uh, especially Jalalabad Airfield, which is really, well, was really nice. Um, 
and Bagram, which is, I mean, Bagram is, it's, it's so fortified, you can defend it forever, and you can have pilots out bombing caravans and back in time, literally for karaoke night and green bean coffee. Like, that's what the place was like, speed limits and paved roads. Um, keep those two open just for the cross-border op. We know Al-Qaeda is in Pakistan. They're not in Afghanistan. We came here to fight Al-Qaeda, not the Taliban, like it or not. Just keep these here. We can hit them with drones. You know, people started getting mad about that, too. Oh, you're killing them with drones. What You know what? It, it, yes. Sorry, we can't kill people nice enough for you. But, you know, we stayed there. We did get Bin Laden in 2011. And, we, you know, it did, it did need to start being scaled back, which is happening. And, and an, an unfortunate truth is we were going to have to negotiate with the Taliban eventually. That's just the way that part of the country works. We tried to give them schools and democracy. They don't want it. They want their valleys. That's it. So we have to start that. You certainly do not leave, drop the keys and leave overnight. Yeah. That's the problem. Complete chaos because, I mean, it's, it's almost to the point where, okay, okay, are you stupid or are you incompetent? It's one or the other. And if you're the, if you're the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who's the highest ranking military officer, if, if you told him to pull out, you should be fired. If you told him not to pull out and he didn't listen, you should resign. Where we lived, and I mean, a lot of, lot of Americans, a lot of the coalition forces over there, if they screwed up this bad, they died. Or they got fired. You don't just you don't just you don't just don't show up for the press brief because you're in the basement. Yeah, and that, I think that's where I mean I think we all probably as Americans agreed that it was time to get out of oh, Afghanistan. Yeah. But there's a way to do it, and that's what everyone's saying. Well, Trump was going to try to pull out. It's like yeah, Trump negotiated with the Taliban because you had to be in the room. Joe Biden has not yet spoken to a world leader. It's been like five days. Another world leader, like he's, again, just he's on vacation and checked out. Trump had conditions to the withdrawal. You heard Pompeo maybe on the news the other night, like X, Y, Z. You know, if those guys were coming out in these single roads that they've now blockaded coming into Kabul, mm -hmm. Trump would have been drone in the hell yeah, out indeed. of them. Yeah. You know, Joe Biden, no conditions, no nothing. And again, he pulled out our military before he got rid of the civilians. There's a difference. You can be in agreement that it was time to get mm -hmm. out. Yes. You can even be in agreement that some things could be. You know, it's never going to be great and the Taliban would always be there. But you can also say the execution was ridiculous. Joe, but you can talk a little bit about this, the fighting season, because, oh, you know, gosh. we were going to pull out in late spring when it's still cold. Yep. People are fighting, They're getting through a rough winter. You know, in the middle of August is literally the worst time. But Joe Biden wanted ownership. He wanted to be the guy that said, he wanted, I did yeah, this. I did this on so he delayed it. I did it on 9-11. He wanted the photo op. It was like Kamala going to the border. You know, she was a thousand miles away from the border where the real crisis is happening. But, you know, the media will cover her. Look, she's doing her job. She's next in line. She's definitely going to be the next president. First female president. Rah! She was 900 miles away from the actual crisis, you know, the point in McAllen. It was the same thing. Joe Biden wanted that photo op. He wanted to go down as this. So he changed what Trump had sort of negotiated. The other difference is the Taliban looked at Trump and realized, OK, like, we're not going to be trifle with that guy. They watch Joe Biden give press conferences from an ice cream shop and they're like, yeah, we can fuck with that guy. <laughs> they, like, he's not going to do anything. He's just a weak, he's a weak guy. And the one thing these guys understand, I would think, and Rob, you can speak to this better, is strength. Oh, easily, easily. They, um, the Taliban are tough fighters. They were scared shitless of Bagram Airfield. Scared yeah. to death. And that's the first thing you give up. What is, that? The, what is it? Bagram Airfield is, is a Russian airfield that we built up. I mean, to the point of comedy where I'm not kidding about karaoke night and green bean. Like, Don't it, they have like it seven foot thick runways so you can literally yeah. land like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything. the moon? Anything, the anything there. Yeah. And you got to figure. So that there's, I don't know, maybe four or six airstrips, jets everywhere, bombers everywhere, pilots, air crew, security, Marines, um, soldiers. Everything is right there. 
And you can, I mean, you got to figure, you have Bagram Airfield, you have access, a footprint for Russia, for Iran, for China. Who's going to take it, by the way? Watch and see. Yeah. Oh, and, and uh, the Taliban won't fuck with China. You know why? Because China will kill you. And we just, we're, we're at the point now where we're saying, well, the Taliban are assuring us they're going to allow safe passage of civilians to the airport. On what fucking planet are you living in? First well, of all, they're, they're, they're going to honor women's rights. Oh, that was the yeah, one I saw yeah, today. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, horrifying. Really? Like the, 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 the same people horrible. that throw gays off buildings, mm -hmm. right. that enslave and rape women and children on a daily basis. Yep. They're going to honor women's rights. They're, but more importantly, the Taliban yesterday, they called out Joe Biden. Be like, well, Joe Biden gave this speech and he left. Like, we're here answering questions. They called out Facebook and big tech they being did, like, yeah. you guys are the ones suppressing free speech. We're here answering questions. And as much as I don't want to give the Taliban credit no. for anything, like, they're not wrong. That's how insane our yeah, world is, has backwards, gotten. It's backwards. It's like the Taliban is calling us out for for being oppressive. Yes, the and, Taliban call us oppressive. I mean, it's, you know, you, you're living in the matrix, but they're not wrong. No, they're not wrong. One thing funny, though, just to, just to get a little humor in there, someone did send me a picture of those dudes in the weight room that we just gave back, and he's on the, on the treadmill. They're like, so what's this guy doing on the treadmill? I'm like, well, based on how, what I know of these people, he's trying to figure out a way to either eat it or fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Got it. So what's so what's the, so, yeah, so three and a half years? So there's three and a half years left of Biden, right? Yeah. So what's the play? So well, that, I mean, think about that. I mean, if you look at our border, right? Humanitarian crisis. You know, you have kids in cages. You know, we didn't build the cages, but it was a really big deal that there were a couple of kids in cages. Now you have kids in cages that are seven hundred, a thousand percent overflowing, right? COVID positive up to eighteen, nineteen percent statistic I read, and they're just releasing them into McAllen, Texas. Like again. If it were Trump, what would they be saying? Mm -hmm. Just like They'd be you know, Obama over, yeah. built the cages, but that was not a problem. Trump using those cages, a huge problem. Joe Biden getting them and having them at overflow capacity in the middle of a pandemic, sick and releasing them into society, not a problem. Just like if you're in New York right now, you need a vaccine passport to go to work, to go to dinner, to go out. But if you're COVID positive in McAllen, Texas, they'll just release you into society and you can go do whatever you want. It's an honor system. Just try not yeah. to go near anyone. Like, you think that's going to work? I mean, there's just a hypocrisy that is just so flagrant these days. It's so glaring. Uh, and yet, again, no one's calling it out. It's perhaps why, you know, I've been able to create a decent presence on social media because I'm one of the guys. Again, like, hey, Rob's done a great job of that. I mean, you. And, you know, and by the way, he calls out, you know, the bullshit on both sides. And by the way, even I do, too, because, I mean, there's there's plenty of these establishment Republicans <laughs> that I'm like, uh, guys, like, you know, you go and you wax poetic, you know, when you're at a fundraiser talking conservative stuff. And then you go to D.C. and you fold so that some douchebag at Politico doesn't write a mean article about you. I'm like, that's that's not who I want representing Back me either. Like, I want values and I want resolve, not sound bites and talking points. Right. One thing I want to know is like how how much authority does Biden have when it comes to like pulling those troops out? Like, is that all his decision? Yeah, it can be with the commander in chief. He, you know, he's the commander of of all the forces. And like I said, if the chairman of the Joint Chiefs and National Security Advisor says one thing, he the president can say, no, we're not doing that. We're doing this. Um, but there should have been. I, I hope there were people around him saying this is a horrible idea. Um, because it's not gonna, it's not gonna end well. And if we can't get our 10,000 Americans out, we're, we're jumping troops back in. Well, it seems like this, some of the stuff I've read is that mm -hmm. people were advising him, like, don't change the existing plan. You know what I mean? Make sure there's conditions, but again, the, oh, yeah, sure, he, yeah. he wanted to change it to make it his own. He wanted to get the full credit for that. So now he mm -hmm. owns that shit. He's going to own it forever. It's worse than the fall of Saigon. So, All you gotta do oh, is well, keep the, right like, What was the move then? Like what? Because I, I know we, I don't think we were spending a lot of money there anymore, we right? A, we, we didn't have a lot a, of people uh, there. We didn't have a combat death in over 18 months. 
Um, right. And, you know. Safer than Chicago. Yeah, actually. My father it said it true. last night on any Hey, you know, we're, when yeah. I left Afghanistan, when I left my thing, for 18 months prior to that or whatever it was, there was not a single American casualty in Afghanistan, we, which is significantly safer than Chicago, New York, or any of our big cities. It, it, all So what was this control. rush then? Like, it seems like there must have been something uh, else politics. to it. He wants yeah. to own it. It's, just pol- it's politics. I mean, if, if if Joe Biden would have said, we're pulling out, this is my call, and we pulled out and everything was great, it's like, well, shit, awesome. But nobody thought that was going to happen. No one with it. I mean, of course, nowadays up is down, down is up. Like if you tell the truth, you can get fired. Um, and people just don't like the truth. They just want to say, yeah, I'm sure we'll be fine. The Taliban won't take it. We have, I mean, and they said no. They, and, and even the bullshit about, oh, we have some tough Afghan fighters that we train. Look, you train them for 20 years. Uh, they're twice the size of the Taliban. They lost in three days. Someone's not fucking fighting. Well, did you see the video I yes. put up uh, oh, like, no, no, on no. My, my Instagram? Like, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was literally, we spent $88 billion just on training. And you, oh, you're yeah, watching yeah. these guys try to do jumping jacks. Like, check it out on my Instagram. Like, you ha- like if you it's literally seen the laughable. Jacks. Like, it, it's, you know it's what I'm talking stu- about, yeah, right? I know. Like, it's, I know. It's absolutely ludicrous that you spent $88 billion. So and again, crazy. it's just being cycled back into the, the well, pockets the, the, of the, the guys that are part are of the military-industrial yeah. complex and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. They're getting rich off of it. And again, there may be a politician well, they, then, but then once they leave politics, they become a lobbyist. And, then they and they're war. lobbying for that. And that's how the money cycles. And it keeps those guys rich. It's why D.C. is the richest zip code in the country or one of the top three, but they don't actually produce anything other than they peddle influence. So what right wow. now, back to Afghanistan, what is going on right now as we speak? So are they, we well, have the, soldiers the, there that are trying to evacuate Americans and Afghans? Yeah, the, the, are, the, the Taliban had been planning this in mostly Canada, Pakistan for the past 15 years, what they're going to do. And they're, they're the, the, the plan, well, they didn't assume Bagram would fall, but uh, that worked out well for them. So then they can surround, um, well, it's called Ham, Hamid Karzai International Airport. That'll Maybe not anymore at this point, because yeah. they're going to rename it um but they're going to surround it and they now they have everyone trapped in the cities uh they can't get into the airport to leave so they, there's taliban checkpoints everywhere and you know i just just on the front cover of the i think the new york post today there's someone getting hacked to death with a machete outside of an atm well they actually put out you know they said yesterday i did a little like you know sort of like rumble facebook video on it they literally put out a press release saying like, get to hamid karzai airport though the embassy says we cannot guarantee your safety like so, they want you to travel there. The now the embassy. Don't forget the embassy now is in Taliban control. Right, it's Taliban Joe Biden on July eighth said, under no circumstances will there be photographs, you know, of yeah. the, the the Chinooks, I guess, or whatever it was that they were like, you know, yeah. of Saigon mm-hmm. in seventy five. Mm-hmm. It's literally the same photo. Like it almost looks like you can't tell the difference in the photo unless you look at yes, just the, the, the building. Mm-hmm. I posted a, we'll the same a video, you know, on my Twitter uh, and and Facebook that shows literally the photographs of them evacuating the embassy. This is. Six weeks ago, Joe Biden said under no circumstances was that going to happen. They have the same helicopter evacuating people out of the embassy. The difference between this and Saigon is this is significantly worse because they forgot about the 10 to 40,000 Americans that were still there. They got some of those embassy personnel out. Oh, yeah. The embassy fell. Uh, It's worse because there's 10 to 40,000 people that are stranded well, in Afghanistan and they're, telling our, and they're um, saying we can't guarantee your safety. The Afghans have worked with us and that's I mean that's they find out you worked certain areas with the Americans. They're not just going to skin you alive. They're going to watch them you get to watch them skin your kids alive then they'll get to you. So and but what Jeez. so what we're saying to them so the Department of State for people who don't know they they sort of take care of the the civilian sector and how to you know travel advisors blah blah blah. So they're telling these Afghans um the State Department is just saying, just contact the your representative of the State Department. They had all evacuated. Yeah. They got nothing. Yeah. They got saying, nothing. Yeah, contact the embassy. What embassy? 
Right. The embassies in Taliban control. So you some bureaucrat in D.C. I mean, I saw the media. Tom Cotton put out this thing on social media. The senator, he goes, listen, contact my office at this number. We will figure out a way to make it happen. The media starts going, oh, what are you going to do, Tom Cotton? It's like, well, the embassy fell. No one else is doing jack mm-hmm. shit. Like, he's actually trying That's to help. Right. Like, he's actually That's- trying to proactively be part of a solution. You know, it's not ideal, but he served and he understands how these things work and he sits on the Senate Armed Services Committee or whatever it may be. He may be able to help get something done and effectuate like change. Mm -hmm. But the media jumps on him. Oh, what are you going to do? Like, well, what are you guys doing? Right. You know, you're you're running Just cover for Joe Biden while he's on vacation. How many how many people are over there right now that we, we want to get? We sent more people in, didn't we now? Uh, they said yeah, 6,000. 6, but right. how many people are in there right now that roughly that we want to get out? We don't even know. No That's the knows. point. Like they put out a thing between 10 and 40,000 according to I guess it was Americans. Like, this is a little little like, latitude. Right. And, well, they but they, they, they <laughs> said a, they resumed there. flights and in the last 24 hours they had gotten something like 6 to 700 people out. So play it out. If they're getting 6 to 700 people out in a 24-hour cycle and there could be up to 40,000 people You're going to spend two months evacuating Americans. What do you think is going to happen? Like the Taliban, I understand the press is giving them a lot of attention. They're giving the Taliban a bigger platform than my father, the former president of the United States, who's not allowed to be on social media. What happens when the beheadings start? Because you know they're going to start. Oh, they've already started. All right. So what happens when the raping starts? When they do, though, and that's something that we see on our end, we see those happenings. What's the play? Well, they're going to control their media and... You know, they will. Do we go in and get it? It'll happen. We won't see it. Yeah, the Taliban, it's it's happening. Who do have a verified Twitter account, by the way, they won't put it on their Twitter account. They have a verified Twitter account. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't they? No, the Taliban (laughs) spokesman. I mean, it's a designated terrorist organization, and like they have it, but Donald Trump's not allowed to be on Twitter because he sent a couple mean tweets. And I always say, you know what? Looking at the world right now, I would take $1.85 gas, peace in the Middle East, a secure border, a booming economy. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, in exchange for a couple mean, but probably also true in most cases, tweets. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, yeah, but that's yeah. not the way we, that's mean not tweets. the world that's, we live that's in. That's where we were, mean tweets. But the Taliban right now are basically like, hey, we're going to comply with you guys, correct? Well, see, they know the, the, the world's watching them now. Yeah. And, and you know, who knows? They might, they might let Americans out, but once they have control, comp- I mean, they have it now in spots yeah. that we can't see. And there are these are not good people. These are as brutal as yeah. they get. These guys are as bad as ISIS. They'll burn you alive. They'll, uh, you know, depending on the age of your daughters, these ones get their heads cut off. These ones are sex slaves. You know, this one gets hung at the Coliseum. Um, you, you know, j- that's what they do. And these are just bad, bad people. And they, but they've been gearing up for this. They've been seething at, at this, and and uh, they're there. But and they, and they know how our media works, right? right? So they know how to give them. Exactly what they want to get the cover. You know, it's like when Putin says, like, well, what happened to Ashley Babbitt? Putin could care less about what happened to Ashley Babbitt in the Capitol, but it's a way of calling out the hypocrisy. And he knows the media is going to jump. It's Mm -hmm. like when China starts saying, well, that's not really woke. I mean, you got to like China doesn't give a shit. Like they literally are committing genocide against the Uyghur Muslims in China. They're enslaving people. They have death camps. camps. They don't care, but they know how to manipulate our media. And they're just acting like a puppet master so that our media goes after ourselves and we end up eating our own. Oh, yeah. We eat our own. And that's how they gain leverage on a world stage. What do you think your father would have done differently? Because these guys kind of surprised them, right? Well, listen, like I said, Pompeo's talked about it the other night in terms of the details. Like, you know, there were conditions to this thing. They weren't going to do it at a time, you know, during the summertime when 
you know, the Taliban, they're literally bored. They got nothing to nothing. do but fight. You know, we, you can speak we, to this. We've been higher. calling it the fighting season. We've known yeah. it every year since 2001. They fight in the summer and then the winter sucks. Yeah, the so, winter sucks. They go hide. The, you know, things are calmer so you can do it so you don't have this massive surge. Yeah. He would have been droning the shit out of the, you know, the highways coming yes, in. Convoys, I mean, there were just right? caravans and convoys. You'd mm-hmm. be, it'd be like the original Iraq war, right? You'd get a, you know, <laughs> oh, you yeah, know yeah. get an A-10 that, that, mm-hmm. and just run down the line, you know, <laughs> shooting depleted uranium at these things and you, you could take out you know, tens of thousands, there would have been real conditions. There would have been fear in the back of the mind of these guys saying like, hey, you know, I'm going to get nuked on this road going in there. They wouldn't do it the same way. It would have given the Afghan fighting forces if they wanted to actually fight, you know, a a chance because it wouldn't just be this deluge, this onslaught at once. But again, Joe Biden changed that plan because he wanted credit on the world stage. He's so not there that he figured, hey, if I do this, It'll go great, and I can take credit for this. And and now he owns it. So what what like what consequence is this going to have now in the West? Look, look, what do you think? If you're sitting in Taiwan right now, what do you think's happening? What do you think happened in the last week to sort of, you know, the notion of being an American ally? You're an American yep. ally. We just abandoned, uh, you know, forty thousand Americans up to possibly, you know, in Afghanistan. What do you think Taiwan's thinking? Whatever China's timeline, and there is a timeline for taking over Taiwan. It just accelerated a thousand times because they're going around saying, see, you can't rely on America. Like we just made ourselves so weak on a world stage that I don't think the average person can fathom it. I mean, if you're an ally of the U.S., we just told all of them, like, we're there with you, but we're not really there with you. Like when the shit hits the fan, we are leaving and tucking tail. Well, we've we've uh, our strength has been a triage of um, forward defense deterrence and alliance solidarity and that's how you can you can win you can you can win without firing a shot but once we lose our allies like this i mean it's it's like there's they don't trust us i wouldn't trust us i would not be an interpreter anywhere for the united states right now yeah and if you're in taiwan and you're talking about that like you know what uh china come on in you know if you're in any one of the places that china's essentially trying to colonize around the world they'd be like you know what we'll take their money we'll take the briefcase of cash they're giving us under the table the americans you know they got to play by different rules they're not going to like China's going to take over the world. So it's Don, what they've is done that- with rare earth minerals. It's what they've done with everything. And that's that's their plan. And that was going to happen probably one way or the other because they're actually, you know, they're smart and they don't play by rules, meaning, you know, they don't care about political niceties. Uh, you know, they're not trying to please anyone. They could care less. They have one mission and one mission alone. And they're able to think beyond two weeks from now when we have our next elections to say, this is where we want to be in 100 years. And this is how we get there. And everything else doesn't matter. Uh, we don't think that way. We're so short-sighted. We make stupid oh, yeah. decisions so we can have a win for next week so that we can get reelected, continue to keep That's power, exactly get that is. board seat in the future. Yeah. You know, America's future be damned. I mean, we're, we've leveraged the shit out of our country. You know, our children's futures are screwed because we just, hey, what's another couple trillion dollars? Oh, Joe Biden, you know, yeah. a couple trillion dollars to teach critical race theory, you know, and woke bullshit to our children. Well, who cares? It's infrastructure because everything's infrastructure. You know, your sneakers are now infrastructure, Bob. Like, that's where we've gotten. And they, they don't care because it's not their money, but it allows them to keep power and it allows them to then later make money again. And that's why my dad got in, involved in this in the first place. He was like, listen, I'm a business guy. Like he's been watching this shit pissed off for decades. And now you're seeing because you said it right. Right. We're only seven months in. Like we've got two humanitarian crises. Right. The border unquestionably. Again, you don't have the coverage because the media is one way. But it's a crisis. Afghanistan, serious crisis. Inflation, serious crisis. I mean, we're going to 
we're going to destroy the middle class of this country. And then, you know, by the way, the next crisis is going to be the refugee crisis. And, you know, there are definitely some great people probably in Afghanistan. And there are people that we have no idea what their intentions are. You know, I have friends in the Border Patrol. I mean, for the last few months, he's like, hey, like a good percentage. And I don't mean like one or two. I mean, like significant double digit percentage are like, yeah, they're guys from the Middle East coming in. Mm -hmm. Like they just see it's it's a porous border. Now, if you're a Cuban refugee who's being shot at by your government, you stay put. (laughs) You're not allowed in the country. We don't want you because the Democrats in power don't want someone who's maybe against communism and socialism, which is the where they're ultimately trying to push something. So if you're a Cuban refugee seeking asylum and actually like deserving asylum, not like I just want to come to America for the free shit, which is what you see a lot you know, at the southern border. But people who are actually getting shot at by an oppressive regime that's jailing them for simply wanting freedom and for speaking out against the government, they're not allowed in. Because they've experienced what socialism and communism does. And, you know, so this is one of the things I talk about a lot. And media goes crazy because, like, what do you know about it? Well, I know about it because my mother escaped it. You know, my mother was from communist Czechoslovakia. She escaped because she was a good athlete. She was a, an Olympic skier. And so she got to Canada and then came into the U.S. legally and, like, was never going back. And I remember as a kid, uh, you know, I saw my parents, like, with their wedding picture. I was like, well, why is my grandfather there but not my grandmother? Mm-hmm. And they basically explained it. It was like, well, like. They wouldn't let them both out of the country because they knew if they both got out of the country, no one was ever coming back. So I'm like, that sounds like a wonderful yeah. system. Let's bring it here. <laughs> yeah. And my grandparents sort of Crazy. made sure that I experienced that. It's, it's sort of probably indirectly, meaning I didn't know it at the time, but it was probably how I sort of became a conservative. Because as a kid, they when they got to come to America and saw what we had here and the freedoms that we have and all the shit that like – you know, these Bernie Sanders supporters and these like, 12-year-old kids regurgitating what their high school professors are indoctrinating them with. Like, they saw that and they're like, oh, man, like, you got to see the other side. So at five years old, I spent my summers in, like, communist Czechoslovakia. Like, I've waited in those bread lines and I can assure you sure. they're not nearly as glamorous as Bernie Sanders would have you believe. Are you going to are you going to run for office? You know, I don't have intentions of it right now, but I'm in the game 100 percent. Like, I think I can actually do more helping. Go- Rob's been on the road with me as we've yeah. done that in Montana oh, and, yeah. and elsewhere. Like, you know, I want to help 30 other guys because that's the problem. Like one guy in D.C., there's so many, even on our side, like, you know, these like stiff schmucks. Again, they tell you what you want to hear. They then vote for you. Then they go to D.C. and do whatever the establishment tells them. So, you know, I definitely I'm in the game fully like, you know, and right now I think I can do more. You know, as as one guy helping 40 guys, mm-hmm. then, you know, one guy in in the office and, and, and doing all that. But no, I'm going to. What about what about you have to? We what have about to your uh, what about your father? You think your father will run again? Uh, listen, I, I'm watching him. And, you know, again, I think Joe Biden's legacy will be showing America how good they actually had it under Trump. You know, I know you'll never hear that, but just there's not there's not a metric where we're not significantly better off now. They'll say, no, no, no. Well, statistically speaking, you know, you saved 16 cents on your, you know. July 4th barbecue. Remember that? 16 cents. Mm-hmm. Now, if you drove your car to pick up your steak, if you went about seven yards because of the energy prices, mm-hmm. that savings was gone. You know, if you drove a quarter of a mile, it was gone. But they won't talk about that. So, you know, they'll figure out a way to manipulate the numbers to make it seem so great. But like the reality, it's a disaster. And now they're going to dump another, you know, they dump $2 trillion. They're like, look, everything's great. Yeah. You just stuck $2 trillion onto your kids and grandkids' futures. Uh, so, of course, it's great. There's all this extra money in the economy, but like they're paying people to sit at home. I mean, I, I moved to Florida just trying to get people to work. I speak to the contractors doing work on my house. They're literally like, I can't get someone to show up because they're making more money sitting on their couch than they would be working. So or they'll work two days a week for cash. Yeah. Take the government money as well. And they're oh, like yeah. net ahead doing nothing. So if you're, if you're a betting man, you think your dad will run again? 
it, listen, I, I seems you know, like it. it. It seems like he's into it. I mean, and honestly, I'd like to see it because the problem that we have is it doesn't seem like there's a bench on our side. There's a natural bench on the Democrat side because, you know, they have their sort of fluffers in the media, you know, that'll make everyone a hero. Right. You know, AOC, she's the greatest thing in the world. Rashida Tlaib, she's wonderful. She's a you know brilliant politician. Like, you know, none of the hypocrisy, none of the lies that it's harder on our side. And I don't know that we have enough people yet that will fight back the way my father will, where he just doesn't care. He, he just takes the arrows. He just keeps fighting. He doesn't give a shit. Like, it, we don't have that yet. Our guys are still, you know, our bench isn't deep enough that we have enough people that aren't afraid of the slings and arrows that come at you when you're a politician and you're a conservative. Yeah, we have a bunch of pussies. Yeah. And look at the uh, look at this, the Republicans that voted for the infrastructure bill just because they got pork in there. When yeah. They'll get reelected. Um, um, they're not playing the long game. They're playing to the next election. And uh, like the Taliban would say to us, same with China. They say America has the clock, but we have the time. They're yeah. all playing the long game. 100%. And uh, we're, we're fucking our kids over. They don't even realize it because communism has indoctrinated them to thinking the shit they're being taught because Nikita Khrushchev did say in the 1950s, we're going to take over Hollywood. We're going to take over your schools and your media. And they did. And they said, we're going to beat America without yeah. fighting a shot. And no one even talks about that. Yeah. It's like there's they, just because you're not a, just because you're not at war doesn't mean someone's not at war with you. And it's just a shame. And with this country, we have the capability to do whatever we want, a force for good, and we won't do it. We just call each other names. What and do you think, like, the the future of the U.S. is? Like, if it's this divided, like, the what good do you news, think? Is, are we headed good, for, like, a civil war, like, like is, anarchy? Uh, like, it's It's divided between like the Beltway and New York, that's the media and the politicians and, and the stuff in Hollywood. I get a, I get out. You guys travel a lot. When you meet people, regardless of the side of the aisle, Americans are really, really good yeah. people. Americans will help each other. Americans agree with each other. And it's not like the, it's not the, it's not the Republicans or the Democrats, you know, the conservatives, and liberals. It's the fucking crazies and the fucking crazies. And they're the loudest because the, you know, the, uh, the loudest booze come from the cheapest seats. And that, and that's just how most people are good. I'm confident in it. Um, I think they're also waking up. I hope so. A lot of people are waking up. I think the media, like, look at what you guys are doing, right? I mean, you're catering to a younger demographic. You're doing that because there was there was literally no one talking the counterpoints to the other side. So I think you guys have an incredible opportunity. And I think, you know, people were watching, uh, you know, wow, had I known about Hunter Biden's laptop, like I wouldn't have voted for, you know, imagine it was me. You know, oh so, so it, like, fair, you know, is imagine it, fair? it was me I doing crack. Like, they say that <laughs> yeah, because I'm move. animated and I am aggressive and <laughs> yeah, loud as yeah. fuck. Like, see, they say that Don Jr. is on cocaine. I'm like, you have pictures <laughs> of that dude. Like in 50 situations, crack smoking listen, crack. Listen, so what does he do? Does he just rail a bunch of blow and just like, <laughs> I, I guess. Like, who knows? In but like, if I was selling art to undisclosed buyers for half a million dollars, having net, like a Picasso sold last week, you know, for like 150 grand. Hunter Biden's selling art for half a million dollars. You think they'd have a problem if it was me? Like, he's not even an artist, but he became one. If I took a yeah. billion dollars from China, it would be a problem. If I was in dealings with Russian oligarchs with ties to Putin, like, that would actually be Russia is collusion. Instead is of, Hunter even doing anything when it comes to... But does it matter? Like, you I know mean, what I mean? Like, 10% for the big guy. Like, I wasn't in government. Right. I didn't have an office in the White House. Now, I'm vocal because we were up against literally everyone. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, mm -hmm. you know, in my way, like, that's how I fought. Like, right. I was like, fuck it. I, so someone's got to say this stuff. So I think America, to sort of the bigger point that you were bringing up, is like, I, I think they're onto it. I think media has lost all credibility. I think they realize that media has really become sort of like political entertainment. Like, how can we take an outrageous stance and and be outraged for clicks and clickbait? I think they're getting it. And I, I and I see that. And, you know, again, I get it, dude. I, I'm an unlikely source to be, you know, 
tied in with sort of middle America, but you know, what I call the dark zone everywhere between New York and Malibu, but like my hobbies, (laughs) whether it's shooting and hunting and like, I'm there. That's where I actually spend my free time. And like, that's where my friends are. You've you've seen that. Like, I don't think you can fake that. No. Uh, You know, politicians try all the time, but like, this is actually, you know, Rob actually saw this because we we did some campaigning uh, and yeah, I guess it was GQ magazine. You actually paid me one of the great compliments I had in my life. I'm not bullshit. Yeah. And GQ followed us. We were campaigning in Montana and someone asked me about shooting and hunting. And I sort of started rambling because that's what I do. And I was a competitive long range shooter. And so they go to Rob and they're like, okay, like they wanted to try to sort of get me like, so, you know, Don's talking about shooting and long range and competitive, but like, he's really full of shit. Right. And Rob was actually like, Dude, like I was, I was a SEAL sniper, and like Don's forgotten more about this shit than no, I'll ever know. I'm like, not even it, bullshit. Yeah, yeah that's, it, just, so it was like, one of the great compliments of my life. I don't know if I've ever told you that, but like, well, I appreciate it, you saying that. It was so, you know, for me, you know, and well, you, you know, you, you got some street cred there. So when you yeah, say it, it actually so. means something. And these guys were like, oh, well, it's funny when when someone knows more because I was a sniper, uh, and when someone knows more about ballistics than me, they're like, well, so what? How does this work with the wind couch and then the trigger? I'm like, I don't know. I pull the trigger and the dude, the dude's wife screams. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so I, I spend my time in that world and, and and I do it and I that's where I enjoy. It. But like those people, they're getting it. Like the people who were uninvolved are starting to get involved. The people who were in the middle and were like, you know, maybe I don't like Trump. To, Trump's tone. And I, by the way, there's a big percentage of people that still think that they're, they're very, you know, just innocent, just good God family country Americans. They're like, you know, I don't love that tone. I think now they realize that that tone was there because you need it to be because you're the only guy actually standing up. And when, you know, when they're attacking you, they're attacking your family. Don't forget, like Don Jr. committed treason. Don Jr. was dealing with the rush. Oh, yeah, Don U- Jr. perjured himself. He should be treason, like a crime punishable by death. Mm-hmm. Like Senators. People on intelligence committees were saying that I did these things, uh, you know, going after your family that way. Now you start to realize, like, you know what? Maybe the mean tweets, maybe if they attack you that way. And by the way, now he's proven to be right. Like name something he wasn't proven to be right about, essentially. You know what I mean? In big issues in the end. Uh, maybe that's why there's a mean tweet, because like you're the only one out there actually fighting. So I think people are on to that. You know, and they're starting to realize like what's actually going on, I and think I think so that's too. important. Speaking their from eyes. like the young, oh shit, uh oh, boys, good job, guys. Fuck? This, this yeah, budget like porn set that you guys got going on, I mean, it's falling uh, apart. We got Don like, Jr., Robert O'Neill. We have, I forgot uh, we to have tell your you father get... who's decided to come <laughs> in and join us here tonight. <laughs> hey, Dad, surprise! Your father has decided to join <laughs> us here. Did I take it too far? I forgot to tell you, I do have ghosts that follow me around, do shit like that all the fucking time. So that's not on you guys. Were you? It's not on you and your cheap ass set. Would you have been the guy right now, and real back to Afghanistan real quick, because that's the biggest thing going on right now, obviously. Uh, would you have been a guy that they call in right now? Are they sending in all the best elite um, forces? Right in now, it wouldn't be. It would. It wouldn't be. Yeah. It would. It was. Some, well, sort of. They might have some SF special forces guys there. Um, but it's not really. Our thing is more of a point target. Uh, hit them in the house. Kill the kill the high value target. This is more of an eighty second airborne type thing where they jump in a bunch of badasses. Uh, land land the marines in there, and marines are really really good at this shit. I mean, we we haven't really seen our troops fight in a while and it's it's really impressive if i could describe what our infantry and our marines do it's it's very fast loud violent and permanent like that's they're just good and they yell a lot which i think is badass <laughs> well I, I had to ask some guys in fallujah what are you guys yelling for use your radios like radios <laughs> hoorah <laughs> right. the inside jokes we don't get i never had the balls to do what you do so I'm oh no, no i'm pretending i'm laughing well no you. no and the <laughs> shitty thing about this too is you find humor in the darkest places and a lot i mean a lot of vets are really hurt right now yeah. they're pissed off but they do they do have some humor from this uh 
what we're seeing. Um, yeah. and, and, and they're going to go back and they'll fight and they'll crush the Taliban. And, you know, it just sucks that we got to redo it because that's what happens. Um, when you when you lie long enough, you're going to keep if, like the whole thing. You if, you if you don't learn from history, you repeat it. And we're just repeating it again. We just we we refuse to win. Like, like OK, uh, September 12, 2001, we were we could kick the shit out of them. And we did. And um you know, they, they we had B-52s over there. We have stealth bombers crushing them. SF guys, uh, CIA operators on the ground, killing, 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 and then, you know, kill Al-Qaeda. That's it. And we can do it again. We're very capable. Our Navy's capable. We can take anybody. Um, we just need we just need someone to stop with the bullshit. And maybe it's it's more important that my men and women have guns than worry about which bathroom they get to use today. Yeah. Well, that was, I mean, again, you can affirm that if this is accurate, but I have, you know, other friends that are in the teams and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. and they, they literally told me. And I, and I quote, like, we have spent more time in diversity training than shooting seals. Really? Like, yes. More time in diversity training. And then you see the generals. No, no, no. The diversity training makes us a stronger fighting force. I go, overshooting? Like, I, I don't I don't see it. Like, I, I have also not done what Rob has done. And, you know, at, at the same time, I know enough guys that, you know, the door kickers that are like, that is total bullshit. You have common but, sense. But and, they're and still doing it. it. it and, it, you know, it's, it's seriously equal opportunity. And... When, when I was getting out, the big thing was we got to repeal um, Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And we're in Afghanistan. I'm with a bunch of SEALs. I'm like, do any of you guys really fucking care if someone's gay? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, and I had I actually had someone on the right try to call me out for um, Kristen Beck's my friend, who is a, a transgender, a Navy SEAL for 24 years, now transgender woman. And uh, they said, uh, what do you say to Kristen Beck? And I said, uh, I say what everyone should. Nice tits, bro. <laughs> right, it's well, you do you, man. That's fine, and, but you don't need to shovel this down a throat for no reason. When you're wasting time on everything, we're, we're shooting. Learn how to shoot. Learn how to set a breaching charge. Learn how to skydive. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. What do you guys think about? I want to switch to the COVID stuff. Do you think that Biden's gonna like lock the entire country down again, or try to? Well, it seems like they're going that way. I mean, it, like you you see what's going on in New York, and I watch these politicians that they're so quick to shut everything down. Like, I don't know that there's much information out there that showed that the lockdowns actually did anything, right? Because there's places no. where they didn't lock down and, and they did, and the numbers don't actually change anything. It's like, you know, the kids with masks in school, like you can do that and make someone wear a diaper on their face and there's psychological problems that come with it, et cetera. Like, I don't know that we've seen actual numbers that show it's different. When I look at, you know, as a former New Yorker, now that I live in Florida, I mean, literally a vaccine passport to go to work. Now, if if I were the left and this was the right doing it, they'd say, well, you know, what is it like 60 something percent of African-Americans in New York did not get the vaccine. Uh, you know, there's plenty of history as to why they may be skeptical about a government mandating it. So. Are, is that Jim Crow 2.0? We hear about that all the time. I mean, you're basically saying so African-Americans now can't go to work as as, you know, the largest group of unvaccinated people in New York. They can't go to work. They can't go out because if it was a Republican doing it, they'd be saying it's racist. But it's like they don't care because they're immune to that sort of criticism. Right. So, I mean, the notion of a and I'm I'm not an anti-vaxxer. If you want to get it, great. If you, yeah. I'm against you being like you're putting that shit in your arm or you can't live in America because that to me does not lead to a good place. You know, the whole, you know, papers, please thing throughout history mm -hmm. probably yeah, hasn't didn't work well. ever resulted in a good. We're totally outcome. losing freedom. Like, of our I have, we are, I have but we've given it up so easily. I have a good solution. You know, so many Americans. Oh, yeah, I'm just I'm going to listen to these guys. It's like, why? Fauci? Mm -hmm. Like, does this do people really still think that like Fauci has credibility? I mean, is there the any? media loves him still? What is, no, no, what he's is, never what met is, a camera. What, is, he your, lie, uh, what is your solution? My to solution to this is if they ask me for my papers, I'm going to say I don't have any identification. I'm just on my way to vote. Mm hmm. 
You know, so that'll be so good. So you were fine with <laughs> getting the vaccine. I'm cool with it. Um, I don't. Ha- I, Bob, I think it, you missed the subtle it, jab in there, buddy. That was, that was, but but you're right. Yeah. You know, it's not racist to need because Bill De Blasio said it yesterday. You need your vaccine card and a proper form of ID right. to go to work or to go to a restaurant or to go to the gym. Well, why is it so? Why is it all of a sudden then racist to say you need the same to vote to make sure that someone's not double counting or someone isn't mm-hmm. pretending to be someone else? Mm-hmm. And again. It's just the hypocrisy. They don't believe any of this shit. They just can sell it because they have a trillion dollar media complex, a trillion dollar social media complex that is literally their marketing department. It's like, okay, you know, the Taliban terrorists can have a Twitter account, but Donald Trump can't because, you know, a couple of mean. What's the goal with the vaccine passports then? Probably control. I mean, it all seems like it all falls back down to control. Yeah. You know, we want to do this. The way to ID people whenever they want. We're going to break you. So that you just understand that you are just and an, it's it's the push towards socialism, communism, right? Everyone's going to be this way and we're going to tell you what you can and can't do. And honestly, there's been a big percentage of Americans that have just sort of gone, you know, willy nilly. And again, I don't care if you get it. Like if I was 85 with pre-existing conditions, like I, shit, I, I'd be all over it. Right. But it's the government telling you you must do something uh, that sort of feels like it's just. You know, against everything we have always valued as Americans, and yet a lot of Americans have not yet figured that out and have just given it up pretty damn quickly. Mm-hmm. So so should, I, should, I go, should I go and get the vaccine right now? It's up to you. It's up to you. Okay. Like you know, I, you know, if if you need it for part of your life or this, but like this notion, like you need it again. If if it's effective and all, you, you follow the science because we're told we must believe in the science. Well, you know, like you know, you better use an umbrella to keep me dry. Like how does the, I don't I don't understand. Like if if I if you have it, then you should be safe. If you want wear a mask, then you should be safe. What difference does it make if someone else is doing it? But you know, again, they only follow the science when they can use the science to further their gain. The second the science goes against that, they ignore it mm-hmm. and it's totally forgotten. And again, the hypocrisy is what pisses me off more than anything. And I think a lot of young people just see right through it too. They see that it's a lot more about control I than so. This is, statistically know? speaking, if you're twenty, I think, or under, and you had COVID. Like 99.997% survival rate. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that 0.003 were like severe diabetics. The ones that died, the, the, the literally small handful, and it's terrible that it happened. I got to acknowledge that because otherwise they'll kill me. They'll kill me anyway. But, you know, it's terrible. But I imagine they probably had some sort of severe medical, pre-existing medical condition, maybe a condition they weren't necessarily aware of. But like... To then say, like, we're going to start vaccinating all these kids and all of that, and it doesn't really matter, to to do something that you're statistically better off getting than the common flu, mm-hmm. it makes no sense to me. Uh, it shouldn't make sense to anyone else. A- and yet the outrage is... Well, if you, if you go against the party line, though, you can get canceled. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of friends, again, combat veterans who have said stuff on certain platforms, and then they just turn them off. And that's, yeah, or today, you're a commentator, and if you say something against it, you're uh-huh. hey, guess what? You're not coming back on CNN yep. to talk about military affairs because you're not giving us what we want. So we'll find a vet who will give us what we want. So yeah, it's not will. an oh, objective yeah. opinion, but they say, oh, look, no, he's a veteran. You can't criticize that. I go, but there's 30 other guys that would say exactly the opposite. 30 other guys, perhaps with a lot more actual combat experience yes. that would say the exact opposite. But he's giving you the soundbite that you want. So he becomes the hero. They build him up. He starts figuring out how to monetize that. Oh, and yeah. that's how the game goes. Yes. If you're, like I said, you don't want to get canceled. You're getting, no, don't get canceled. They'll pay you more. Start saying what they want. It's all about me. And that's, I mean, that that's the sad truth about it. I mean, the, the thing that I don't like, I mean, 
you don't know what's being told anymore. You don't know the truth. Correct. Uh, they could be saying anything. The media can say it's anything. Just what the media but I mean, says, yeah. it's what the media does. And I mean, let's be honest with this. Uh, China released a biological weapon to see how the West would respond, yeah. and we completely shut down. Yeah. Well, that, and I talked about this. So right? That like, would really happen. Oh, yeah. Well, by the way, uh, hey, they, now now they're actually saying. But a year ago, I was like, "Hey, guys, like, why is it that like?" People we knew got canceled for saying, hey, there's a chance that it came from the Wuhan lab. So I was saying, wait a minute. When was that ever not the most plausible response? Meaning you're telling me it came because someone ate a bat about four feet outside of the lab that studies the fucking virus in question. Like, like you mean it, there's no possibility, zero, that it came from the lab that researches the exact thing that was released into society. The virus is named from, after the lab. Yeah, it came from, no, 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 two feet outside of the lab. That, yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Is anyone that dumb? And yet our medical community did it. If you were a doctor and you said, hey, there's a chance, not even saying that it happened, there's a chance that it came from the lab, you were canceled and shut out. Now a lot of the guys say, well, we kind of knew, but we just didn't want to be on the same page as Trump because they were afraid of getting canceled because that's how fucking science works, right? The laws of physics no longer matter. It doesn't matter what the laws of physics say because the CNN narrative is otherwise and therefore we can bend the rules of science and physics and math is racist to achieve and ends. And that's pretty scary because it was always the most plausible. Now, again, another thing that could be would be that China did this perhaps on purpose, right? That's another theory. I'm not saying it happened, but like who they, benefits from a virus that kills predominantly the oldest people that China probably doesn't want to take care of when they have a population of a billion four that are aging and starting to experience a little bit of wealth for the first time in their lives? You can no longer just say, you know, fuck you guys like they could have uh, a couple of years ago. Another theory. Again, no one even thinks about saying it because you'd get canceled. And I'm not saying it happened because they'll cancel me for even talking about it. But like, it's a theory. And in America, you used to be able to have these conversations and talk about them as maybe this happened. Maybe this happened. Maybe this happened. Maybe it's all a total accident. Maybe it did come from eating a bat. I doubt it. It doesn't seem like that would be statistical, statistically probable. Just, yeah, I, I, I doubt it. Like, I don't know. People have probably been beating bats for generations and it hasn't released this many pandemics. And, you know, then they show you the, the photos of the wet markets. The problem is I've been told that some of those photos came from like Indonesia, not Wuhan, China. So it's like, we'll just fill in the blank here. Hey, this is this is how we feed the narrative. So there's so many things that could go on, so many things that are likely or at least plausible, meaning they could have been real, that we just discount. And just say, there's no way that can't happen because it doesn't work to our ends. Like the scientists who said, yeah, we knew that was probably, you know, likely or probable or possible, but we couldn't do it because we couldn't be on the same page as Trump because we'd get canceled, even if he was right. It's like you get in trouble for, you know, Mao said Merry Christmas. So you said Merry Christmas. Well, he said it. You know, no kidding. Yeah, oh, oh. Mm -hmm. oh. This is, you know, it's like the Taliban. I don't agree with anything they say, but they're not wrong about calling out the hypocrisy of Facebook. Like it's they're crazy. right on that one. Like. I don't agree with anything they say, but in that case, they're not wrong. And I'm not wrong for saying they're right about something they're actually it's, right about. I know. Like, the that's the how truth, truth, the truth works. gets uh, gets confused, too. I'm sorry. I was just over here thinking about it. I've never I said I've said a lot of shit in my life. I've never said, hey, will you please pass the bat? <laughs> this is a scene. How do you, I mean, how does you, that you go? You didn't have bat kebabs. I mean, you've probably eaten some pretty bad shit in, yeah, in, in Afghanistan. You've never though. had bat kebab. Oh. So, so what is so to kind of, I don't know, wrap this up here a little bit. Uh, so what is the solution now? I mean, everybody's you're bickering on the Internet. Everybody's going crazy. We have three and a half years left of Biden. We have this thing going on in Afghanistan. What's the solution to Afghanistan right now? 
Well, this, I mean, this, the hard truth is the solution is going to be to have the Taliban take it and, and the, it's going to be a, a atrocious what they do there. Uh, I believe that the, the Taliban itself is not really interested in attacking the West. Uh, they, they want their country. They want their valleys. They want their roads that are there. The problem is they they'll be bring in a lot of foreign fighters are coming in. Now they're pouring in and we're talking the worst, the worst ISIS, Al Qaeda, those people. Right. Um, we, they, there will be training camps. Uh, hopefully we, I mean, we can, you know, we can fly a jet from Missouri and bomb them in Afghanistan if we had to, which we've done. Uh, but, but, um, you know, if, if it comes to that, the problem is there are people out there that really want to kill us. And there's partisan bickering back and forth. They don't give a shit about that because they want to kill. It doesn't matter what you look like, where you're from. They want to kill you because you don't believe what they believe you should believe about their God. That's it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, unfortunately, the training camps come back. We just hit them. Afghanistan's going to suck. Uh, it sucked for a thousand years. It'll continue to suck. It. I mean, it's, it's atrocious. And, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of the best, nicest, most welcoming people I've ever met were Afghanis in Afghanistan. I feel uh, my heart goes out to them. It's just a, it's a bad place right now. And uh, uh, I mean, you know, 300 fighting or 800 fighting age males on a C-17 leaving, you're going to have to fight for yourself eventually. So it just sucks. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I don't have a solution to Afghanistan, obviously. I mean, Rob's going to be the expert in that. And I'll leave that, you know, to the, the guys like him that actually know. But, you know, my, my solution is more about, you know, high level picture just like open your eyes like educate yourselves like you know question you know what you're being told don't just take everything for gospel yeah, no don't kidding. just believe whatever they're trying to spoon feed you like it's going to make you, you know, critical thinking is like gone right A- education and academia is it's about regurgitation at this point you know critical thinking i think is important i think when people start doing that when they start questioning it's going to a make life a lot easier for them like you'll go so much further if you're actually able and capable of actually thinking outside of the box so you know my my whole involvement in all of this is just getting people to open their eyes to see what's actually going on if you end up thinking that it is what it is and that what they're sp- that's fine but at least be open to the notion that it's it's kind of nonsense and and be open to the notion that the facts don't necessarily line up with those arguments and take the time to actually figure out what is and what isn't. And so, you know, I, I think we have to just do that as a society oh, yeah. for us to actually continue as a country. Um, that's a big back. thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> the, ghost is back. Back. the ghost is back. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm just going to keep, you know, being out there. And, you know, if I, if I don't get canceled seven times on a Wednesday, it's, you know, it's been a slow day. And I started wondering when they're plotting against me. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> I think people just got to stop taking what we have for granted too. You see what's going on over there. And yeah. like, I hear that from a lot of people my age too, is just like, you got to realize, like, yeah. even in You're North America, in America, you know what like, I mean? You're not. You can, you can be any skin no. color. You can come from anywhere and you can fucking achieve anything you want. Like, you look at a country like Afghanistan, it's just like, you got to be fucking grateful for what we have. Like, just shut up and fucking work, you know? Don't make excuses. That's, you basically like, summed it up right there. Yeah, that, I mean, that was what I, like my point with my, my grandparents in communism, which is like, No, like you're going over there so you know how goddamn good you have it. So you understand exactly how blessed you are. And like we've forgotten about that entirely. I mean, some of the spoiledest people in the world are sitting there talking about, you know, how oppressed they are. Getting paid to sit on the couch. You don't know anything. Mm -hmm. You think that's an issue, too? Some prominent people need to stop fucking complaining like NBA players and like. Listen, I I think so, too. I mean, well, they don't have a choice in the NBA because their masters are in China. Yeah, and that's I, all the the tennis the, right? the tennis shoes and stuff like that. Well, yeah, I mean, the, remember the apology in Mandarin? I was actually impressed that John Cena could speak Mandarin. First of all, second of all, I'm never going to watch any of his shit again. He yeah, because they, they, they're just they're owned by there because they got a billion four people that are spending money on the good stuff. It's like it, it's not that you, you, like you know you see LeBron like they they try to make him out studious. He's always reading a book, but it's always on page one. Have you ever noticed that? Like you see that picture? It's like <laughs> it's always book page. Like hey, he's a business guy. He's making a decision that way, but it doesn't mean he's right. 
Right. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean he's the guy that's the most well versed on this thing. I mean, he's probably worth a billion dollars. Oh, yeah, like, I don't know that he's all that impressed. You know, oppressed. Like, like uh, shouldn't shouldn't he be Fox set in the uh, NBC set <laughs> yeah, that you guys go out to? Yeah. Yeah. This is basically like a high end version <laughs> of the Apprentice. Okay, uh, sure. Hey, but by the way, hats off to you, uh, to Mr. Trump here. I I was expecting an entourage. I was expecting security. The whole... guy drops his fucking kids off at school, shows up by himself. So yeah, well, listen, you know what what the media makes me out to be is not necessarily accurate and and, and that's okay you know it, it, it doesn't matter but yeah what you know i, I, have I don't put conditions on my stuff if you come into my house I, that oh, may yeah, be yeah, a little yeah, bit of a problem yeah, be someone looking at you. the funny quick story real quick is i was out with him and uh, we were in new york city we went to actually dana was nice enough to host us for yes. a fight oh, oh yeah, fight. Awesome. fight you guys uh, we, which one did we go to do you remember you know what no because we did hit a bar before that yeah so i know it was good was that the recent one? Or was that that, that Masvidal this, Diaz? Like, it was Dakota uh, Meyer, Medal of Honor recipient, yes, yeah. me, O'Neill. My wife was there, Jessica. You called me about that. Yeah, and I yeah, wasn't in yeah, town. Yeah, 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 that's right. And then, yeah, we got to meet meet some of the fighters. Um, uh, a lot of locals from, well, locals in Manhattan. Um, yeah, man, that was fun, though. And, and I remember, though, he, yeah, I said I never felt safer. I got the Medal of Honor, the recipient. <laughs> and by the way, I did say, I was like, man, Dakota, congratulations. You won the Medal of Honor. He's like, you don't win the Medal of Honor. No. Yeah, yeah, Bob. And yeah. I was like, it's not the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's You're right. Don't win. You're awarded. The middle yeah, he's, a, so, he's awesome too. Uh, but I told them I said. Did you I, tell him about the deal Dakota was saying? What was he saying? He'd give you a hand job. Uh, oh yeah, if he said I, you never show up, he'll give you a handy. I tried to get. I wanted the Medal of Honor recipient here too, Dakota. We miss you uh, and whatnot. But yes, I'm I did, joking too. I, I, I did Dakota. say this though. I said I've never felt safer with two guys in a room. And Robert said, "Well, I wouldn't because I have a bounty on my head for what twenty million dollars." Yeah. I don't know what it's up to yet, but I've had people say that as speeches I've given before. They said, uh, are you scared for your security? I'm like, first of all, I'm not scared for my security. I'm aware of it. Uh, my head's out of the sand. I have stuff in place, you know, everything you can, guns, dogs, cameras. But, and if they're going to, you know, they're not going to come after me as a point target. They're going to, it's going to be a horrifying suicide event in a room full of Americans. And you can see everyone go, what? Okay. <laughs> so I'm not more any I mean, scared than you should be right true, now. Sir. Probably true. Yeah. And it's oh, probably yeah. oh, easier yeah. than doing it one-on-one. Yeah. On one, but yeah, hopefully uh, not the full set podcast set. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, Well, you know? no, this place is a fortress. <laughs> <laughs> We're well protected here. Yes. Very that, well protected. That duct tape curtain is, you know, that's like a blast shield. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. It's We're getting there. Sure. That's funny. I love it. Well, well, I think this is it. I really appreciate you guys coming on. I think this is cool. We're going to pop this up tonight. It's relevant. We'll see what people think. Emergency episode Emergency awesome. episode, full send podcast. The we'll, we'll post it ourselves. 100%. Yeah, right. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Robert. Absolutely. Bob, you stepped Thank it you. up with this crew. I mean, look. You might be here the to best, stay. The best right here, these two. These guys are uh, the best. Depends so. who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there, Robert, there's a lot of Americans that would grossly disagree <laughs> oh, with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah really I forgot about like, that. It's okay. Uh, Robert, yeah. you want to go have a drink? Cocktail? Yep. Perfect. Great. I love it. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Jess.